More of The Truth with Sherwin Hughes is next on 1017 The Truth, The Truth app, and 1017thetruth.com. Welcome to Hour 2 of The Truth with Sherwin Hughes. I'm honored to have the Honorable Judge Everett Mitchell on the line with me right now. Judge, how are you? I'm good, man. Thank you so much for having me. Well, I appreciate you and also appreciate your willingness to drive all the way from good old Dane County to come to Milwaukee for an in-person interview. But I figure we'll just schedule something in person the next time you find yourself here on other business. So we appreciate your willingness, sir. Yeah, man, I think the, you know, make new friends, be in person is, is important. And plus, I'm always in Milwaukee, uh, you know, just making connections and spending time talking with, uh, you know, my new family in Milwaukee. So I'll be there, you know, several times next week. So maybe that'll work out, too. Maybe that will. So for folks that don't know, Judge Everett Mitchell is on the Dane County Circuit Court, and you currently preside over the Juvenile Division in Branch 4, but you're also a candidate for the Wisconsin State Supreme Court. That is a, first of all, we we appreciate you. We are glad to have someone with your pedigree and also a graduate of Historically Black College and University running for the State Supreme Court. That's right. We're going to talk about your your resume in a second now. Um, All right. But running for the the State Supreme Court is not something that African-Americans oftentimes do do so we appreciate your willingness to want to step up and serve on that very important court but for people who especially in our community who may not be well versed on what the state supreme court does versus a circuit court how do you explain that to folks who may be unclear of the differences i would say that one way that may make it simple for all of us to understand is that the Supreme Court gives guidance to all of the appellate courts and circuit courts, and then it helps to resolve questions of law and constitutionality that we see in our state. So they also oversee, you know, judicial education, so how judges are educated and the type of topics that get put on the agenda. And then they have a whole list of other committees that they help bring together to help understand what the judicial system looks like and its impact on Wisconsin communities. On Tuesday, all of our radio programs here from MKE in the Morning and my show, The Tory Lowe Show, and Truth in the Afternoon with Dr. Ken Harris, who I believe Dr. Ken Harris saw you at church on Sunday, we're all going to be broadcasting on Tuesday from the Pfizer Forum to celebrate historically black colleges and universities. And you, sir, are a proud graduate of Morehouse College. Oh, I'm not going to stop there. Princeton Theological Seminary and the University of Wisconsin Madison Law School. That is a very, very impressive educational resume. Do you believe that your education has prepared you for this role? Oh, definitely. Definitely. I think. You know, anybody who goes to HBCU, especially uh, Morehouse College, it was always the idea that the cream rises to the top and that iron sharpens iron. And you definitely get sharpened in your processes of going through, uh, you know, Morehouse and then going to Princeton and, you know, spending time with Dr. Cornell West. 
uh, he was, you know, I took some classes with him, and, you know, Dr. West was the one who uh, gave me this idea of using the mind of the black intellectual into areas that really do work hard to empower, you know, you know, black people and communities of color in such a way that brings justice and fairness, right? So, you know, using the law as that lens, it really has given me a sense that we can empower if we give people the tools necessary to be uh, to be active and engaged uh, in their lives and set people free. You know, our justice systems, uh, I'm sure we can always talk about this, our justice systems are not fair. And so when you have a person that's in that position, like we have, like I have as a judge, you get an opportunity to make it fair, especially for those who come before you and uh, who are vulnerable um, if it is not made fair. I also should let folks know that you are a proud member of the Omega Sci-Fi Fraternity, also an adjunct mm-hmm. professor at the University of Wisconsin-Madison Law School. I know that you have a specific focus on um, everything from reunification and juvenile delinquency and even trauma-informed care. Do you think that your unique experiences with the aforementioned can help the courts see, even in some of the kind of broad-based things that the state Supreme Court presides over, do you think that your perspective can add to the decision-making of that body of the state Supreme Court? Of course. I think I think a part of what the my push for this is that we need a different set of experiences other than just formal, you know, former prosecutors that have really haven't done um, other type of work to give them a perspective of what that, what that looks like for the lives of everyday people. So whether it's, you know, teaching courses on race, racism and law and juvenile justice administration, or just being an advocate for, you know, like the biggest thing I probably did was working hard to take handcuffs and restraints off of children and, making sure that, you know, our children who are often placed in shortened school days in the justice system and only given an hour to two hours of worth of education, that they're actually that we're actually putting our investment in them so that they don't have the only option available to them is prison. You know, and so, you know, being proactive with rather than reactive with these young people still in cars in our community really has seen a significant decrease. We've seen a forty seven percent decrease and juvenile caught death referrals because, you know, my commitment to my system is that we need to get out in front of it and dismantle the child welfare to juvenile delinquency to adult prison pipeline so we're not feeding our bodies into the criminal justice system almost like the Matrix movie, you know, where they're used as batteries to kind of fund and funnel and support uh, the broader criminal justice system. We are speaking with Judge Everett Mitchell. He is a candidate for the Wisconsin State Supreme Court. Judge Mitchell, as you travel around the state and you talk to voters about your campaign, what are some of the things that you are hearing? Are they receptive? Because, I mean, I understand Madison. I understand Milwaukee, obviously. But there's a whole nother part of the state where the, let's say, the political philosophies are different. Their understanding of the judicial system is different. How are you able to connect with some of those folks? Or you know, do you find that they've got the same and similar interests as people in Milwaukee and Madison as well? I find that they have the same similar interests. They, they've been way more receptive in terms of just engaging in the conversation because they're curious about you know my experience. They're curious about the Supreme Court. They're curious about courts in general. 
And they really are focused on, you know, how do we do something different? Because they don't like the narrative that our state is the most racist state or, you know, it's the worst for, you know, communities of color. Um, So whether I'm, you know, discussing the court from our indigenous communities and tribal judges who are who are thinking about ways to make justice look a little different. Right. And how do we make sure we get resources to our tribal communities or or to our rural communities? How do we support them in this process of, you know, the things that they're concerned about and seeing in their communities, right? Losing, you know, young talent and farms being taken over, clean water, clean access. All of those things have the same initial determinant, right? So they're losing young people to, you know, to maybe different parts because people don't may not want to stay, but you also have young people in urban communities. They're lo- being lost to, you know, lack of opportunities. So, the common thread is always about people just trying to live and trying to make their lives better. And they are interested in knowing how can the court be a part of their overall process. And so having great conversations with so many people. In fact, I always tell this story is that, you know, I go to some of the, some, some parts of our state. I was up in uh, Vernon County and uh, I'm up there late just giving giving a talk and hanging out with some people. And before I get ready to leave, they're like, "Oh, hold on, Judge, you can't go back tonight. You know, come up. We got a, we got a room, we got a bed. You know, let's go to the house and you know, pop open the beer, take a time. We don't want you to get on the road and get hit by a deer, something like that." And I just gave those people a big old hug, and I said, "Look, this is what this is what Wisconsin story needs to be told about. You know, coming out here, y'all hear me give a seven minute speech." Y'all concerned about me going back, you know, at night and not getting hit by a deer. I said, this is what makes Wisconsin special. And I think that you are a very special individual for wanting to take on this challenge of running statewide in all 72 counties to be on the Wisconsin State Supreme Court. For those of you who just tuned in, I'm speaking with Judge Everett Mitchell, who is a candidate for the Wisconsin State Supreme Court. You can go to judgeeverettmitchell.com. That is judgeeverettmitchell.com. You can read more about him. But more importantly, when you go to the website, look in the top right corner, you'll see an orange button that says donate. Now, Judge, I know because of ethics that rule over how you campaign, you can't directly ask people for money and donations, but I can ask people on your behalf. So, folks, give a donation because I see some of the stuff you're all wasting your tax money on. Why don't you make a great investment in the future of the Wisconsin State <laughs> Supreme Court? Judge, you know what I'm you know what I mean? People wasting money on stuff so they can give you a a donation within, of course, the contribution limits. Uh, Wisconsin's got a very interesting history, Judge, and you know this. The first African-American to ever win statewide was Belle Phillips when she ran for secretary of state in 1982. The next African-American who was able to run statewide and win was former Lieutenant Governor Mandela Barnes. Then Lieutenant Governor Mandela Barnes ran for the U.S. Senate and he lost. And of course, we have still been doing the autopsy on that campaign, how Democrats, including Tony Evers, performed well. However, Mandela lost. Are you are you concerned about the inconsistency that Wisconsin voters have on electing African-Americans, particularly black men statewide. And how do you address that? So one of the things that, you know, and I get that question a lot. Uh, I get that uh, as I travel around the state, well, if Mandela didn't win, can you win? So my response to them is that one, you know, with two totally different black men, and the question that we have to be able to do, especially in judicial races, is to be able to have a response for the attacks that we know are going to always come. 
we know they're always going to come for public safety. We know they're going to talk about, you know, you know, your history and what you have done. And so I compiled a list of 20 accomplishments that I've done in my 45 years, 20, 20 lists. And so, you know, that's a shout out to my Omega. My Omegas know why I chose 20. But the fact that I have 20 accomplishments means that I can be able to go back to the community and say to our state, these are some things that I have done that have impacted our state, that directly impacts the lives of people. So as a judge and using my position and that power to make sure that Wisconsinites have what they need. And I think you pull together that narrative. One of the things I always say that people feel is that you got to have the ability to bite back. And don't just sit up there and take a tax and then just kind of sit back and just let it ride. Because I think that's the general, that is the general way in which consultants will tell you, right? Don't respond. Don't seem too angry. Don't seem too aggressive. But I think people respect if you stand up and say, you know, that's not true. I'm tired of this. This is foolishness. And respond in a way that allows for people to understand that you're willing to get in the ring and fight for them, too. Because ultimately, the feedback that I often hear from so many electorates is that if you won't fight for yourself, how how do I know if you'll fight for me? So, you know, you got to have a way to respond back and put together a list of things that make sense for people to hear so that you know you have accomplished things, you have been on the front lines, you know, for the last 18 years doing things that benefit everyday people uh, because you care. And heart wins heart, man. If you got a heart for people, people feel that. And if you have a story that makes sense, that connects you, um, and I think my story has been connecting with people in a very humane and loving and gentle way. That's Judge Everett Mitchell, it's been an absolute pleasure, brother. I cannot wait to get you in the studio so we can really dig deep and talk about judicial philosophies and do judicial oh, temperament. Looking forward to it. Thank you so much for spending a little time with us. For those of you who are interested in finding out more, including this man's list of incredible professional accomplishments and accolades in community service, mm -hmm. Go to judgeeverettmitchell.com. That is judgeeverettmitchell.com. And, oh, by the way, in the top right corner, make sure you hit that donate button. Thank you, Judge. I'll talk to you very soon. Thank you, man. Omega. <clears throat> I know he had to throw that in there. Thank you, Judge. Surprised he didn't start barking like a cute dog. The truth was sure when he was on the new 1017 FM. We'll be right back.